Good afternoon. Welcome to our Friday edition of Coffee and Conversation. I'm Jeff Harris, County District Superintendent of Schools. And in the time it takes to have a cup of coffee with a friend and talk about issues of importance, we're going to spend some time today and talk about things that are going on in Del Norte County and um, how those are affecting our students and our families. So um, again, welcome. And joining us today is Tom Kissinger. Tom, Thanks for coming on. Sure, Jeff. It's good to be here, and I'm really excited to uh, have today's discussion. Well, and for those of you who know Tom, uh, he is our Assistant Superintendent for Educational Services. And, um, you know, Tom, as we as we kind of talk about where we are now, we've been planning since probably mid to late July on three different or four different phases of returning to school. Phase one was full distance learning, which we were in um from August 31st until the beginning of this week. Phase two was actually supposed to start a week ago, um, but we still didn't have some of our supplies in, but we were able to start a modified phase two this week. Um, phase three, which the board approved at a start date of August of October 5th. And then phase four, <laughs> I think we would all be really happy to ever get to phase four uh, this year, but phase four would be a full return for all students with no limitations from the state. So um, we did, we, we did go into phase two this year or this week. Um, we were able to bring some students back and these are the first kids to walk back onto campus. Um, basically since schools closed back in March. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. So driving into Crescent City on Monday, it was nice to see buses moving in different directions um, and seeing some of our special education students, really the kids who are really serving our students with more moderate to severe needs. And these are the kids who really had a challenge with any type of distance learning. But for them to get back in the classroom with their instructional assistants and their teachers um, is really a a wonderful thing. And um, I really have to um, give some kudos to our principals, our teachers, and classified support staff because they really were able to make this happen in a way that was supportive for kids. Well, and you know what? I, I've talked to several parents. I've heard several parents um, in our board meeting and other venues talk about just what a relief it was and what a kind of a blessing it was to be able to have kids come back. Is is that kind of what you're hearing out there too? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I was definitely hearing, hearing a lot of that. Um, I've heard from so many parents this week um, who... Um, who were just so grateful that their kids got to come back and, and, and really just hearing from people in the community. What, what, what I seem to be hearing more than anything is we want, we want, we want more kids to come back. We, we want, uh, there is such a, such a, such a real um, desire to, to, to have, to have in-person instruction. Right. Well, and, and I just kind of want to go back, you know, I think our, our principals, teachers, and classified staff did a phenomenal job in prepping. Um, it was, we've been talking about it. We didn't know what it was going to look like. Once we verified that we had the materials in, once we had the supplies in, um, I think we found out that we actually had things in hand on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, by Friday, we were meeting with those staff members and um, they had kids this last Monday. So they did a phenomenal job. And, and if anybody runs into any one of our special education teachers or classified staff members, principals, uh, give them a big thank you uh, because they really were 
in this era of COVID, uh, they, they were pioneers on bringing our kids back onto campus in our county. You know, Jeff, I'd also like to give a shout out to our director of special education, Brooke Davis, and her secretary, Debbie Mann. Uh, together, the two of them spent a tremendous amount of time uh, putting a lot of this t- together, t- communicating with, with schools and 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 making sure that um, th- that the students who had the greatest needs were able to um, get into those classrooms and get in front of their teachers. Well, and, you know, I, I think one of the biggest, I'm going to be selfish here for just a minute. Every year I look forward to that first week of school being able to go in and visit classrooms. Um, and our teachers have said they want students back. They have students back, but but we can't go in and see them. And, and I know that that's a, for some of our families, that may be a frustration too, you know, the inability to actually walk their child into the classroom like they would on a normal year and and those kind of things. But um, uh, just know that our, our top priorities this year are, along with education, are health and safety, health and safety for your for the students, health and safety for staff, and ultimately health and safety for our community. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did talk to some parents um, uh, last week or this week who uh, who wanted to be in there, um, wanted to wanted oh, yeah. to get into school and wanted to meet the teachers and, 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 and wanted to talk to the principal. And 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 it, it was just something where, you know, we're always going to err on the side of caution and safety. And there will eventually the time will come where mm-hmm. we'll be able to do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I know that hope is not a strategy, but ho- hopeful that we get to a point where, where, where we can meet again in person. But for now, we just want to make sure the most important thing is that our kids get in, that they get their educational needs met. And then the stuff that we really want to do in terms of getting out and reaching out to parent, reaching out to, to staff for parents, it, you know, it, some of it's just going to have to be virtual now. Right, right. And, and we'll find ways to do it, but it'll feel a little different. Speaking of things that we're going to continue to do, but maybe a little different, I think there's also some really good news um, for a lot of the families of our youngest children. Um, you want to share what's going to be happening this coming Monday? Oh, thank you for letting me steal your thunder on this one, because I really, uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, our early childhood education team has been working so hard. Uh, the, the teachers have been meeting with, um, with their coach, uh, every single week. And, um, they have wanted to get back with the, w- w- the, the preschool program has wanted to get back for so long. Um, and on Monday, the state preschool program is going to get started. Uh, we're going to have kids come back. And I just wanted to let parents know that if you still need to register your child for preschool, you can do that. We have space. And we're, we're, we have the safety equipment, the personal protective equipment. We have the protocols in place. And we are going to be receiving preschool children on Monday morning. That is phenomenal news. Uh, I, I think so many of our parents are going to really appreciate that. Um, but so just to be clear, we're talking state preschool. So this does not include 
the uh, preschool at Smith River, which is a district-run preschool, or the early federal Head Start program at Sunset, correct? Yes, Jeff. So we're planning on uh, October 5th starts for those programs, but I just want to let parents know that we're preparing for those programs too, but we're, we're, we're going to be a week away and that'll be October 5th. Right. So, and, and preschool may not necessarily look the same. I think our, the teachers will be the same. The classrooms will be the same. A lot of the materials and supplies will be the same. Um, but what might be a few differences that our families might notice this year? Well, I, I think that they're going to see um, when the children, well, first of all, one of the things I wanted to say, if there are preschool parents who want distance learning, we're going to be able to provide that as well. The drop-off is going to be a little bit different. Well, this, the, the, there, there are going to be additional safety measures when parents sign their kids in. Um, the, um, we're going to really work on, um, uh, on making sure that we have social distancing with children in the classroom. There are going to be some more individualized activities for kids to do, so we're not uh, having too many kids congregate in the same area. Um, the teachers um, are, have have really made sure that we've spent a tremendous amount of time sanitizing toys, equipment, um, uh, furniture. So we've c- configured the rooms uh, a little bit, um, so so they're going to be a little bit different than they've been before. To um, to, to prepare for, um, for social distancing. Cause ultimately we, when our kids come to school, we want them to be safe. Well, exactly. And, and I think one thing to help that too, is typically when a preschool parent may, might walk in the door, they may see a large group of students this year in our preschool classrooms at any one time, uh, it won't exceed 10 students. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right, Jeff. It's, we have, we have smaller cohorts and that's, um, that's because we want to operate stable cohorts of students so that um, so that we can maintain the social distancing. But because we uh, were able to have our program at different times during the day, we're actually able to serve um, all the students that need to be served. Yeah. So, again, I, I another group of folks who I think deserve a big uh, round of applause and a big thank you are our preschool teachers. Um, because like Tom said, they've been chomping at the bit, wanting to have our kids back. And uh, so this Monday, September 28th, um, we will be welcoming back state preschool kids. And that's at uh, Joe Hamilton, Pine Grove, Mary Peacock, and Bess Maxwell. So, you know, we're really looking forward to having our students back onto campus, our youngest students. Um, And I think that kind of then leads us into talking about what's next on the horizon. So I mentioned it a little bit earlier. When the board approved the phases, uh, the continuum of phases for education for our, our schools, October 5th was kind of that target date for starting to bring back cohorts. Um, we've been having a lot of conversations, a lot of information's gone out about safety. Uh, so where are we right now, Tom? Well, right now, I think we're, we're, we're really prepared to come back to phase three on October 5th. And I think that's our, that's that's what we're planning for, and I think that we have the things that are in place in terms of safety, planning, and preparedness to come back in phase three on October fifth. So that's, gosh, that's just a week. It's really just a week away. So. Right. Yeah. I. You know. It's. I. I think time has gone really quickly because, it. You know. As I think it's like with almost every plan, when we looked at our plan and we said, hey two weeks of distance learning, three weeks of small cohorts, and then we're back with these larger cohorts um, in early October. 
at the time when we were talking about that, it seemed like it was a long way away. And I'm sure for our families um, who have had their children at home, who have been um, supporting their their children with um, learning, with getting onto Zoom, with all the issues around tech, with trying to figure out schedules, all of those things, um, it's probably seemed like longer than five weeks. Um, but as we start looking at moving into phase three, now we have to gear up in a whole new way. Yeah, I, I, there's there's so much that goes into um, making sure that we have the cohort set, making sure that we have everything set and prepared for um, for for working with students on the days that they're not in the cohort or where they're not physically at school, and then also making sure that we have room in the schedule to support our students who have opted for distance learning. Right, and on top of that, uh, making sure that we're providing appropriate services and supports and intervention for our students who may be um, homeless, who may be foster youth, who may be receiving English language development services, uh, reading intervention, math intervention. Um, oh my gosh! I mean, there's there's there are so many things that happen during a school day that now can happen in person during a school day or during an off cohort distance learning type of environment, or that would need to happen in a full everyday distance learning environment. I mean, it's, it's almost overwhelming, but our staff's doing a really great job of plowing through. Oh yeah. And you throw in nutrition and transportation into it. And, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot to get prepared for and it's a lot to get ready for. But, but I think that you're right. We we've had a lot of conversations around health and safety. Um, We've got a lot of those things nailed down internally, but you know, one thing I heard from some parents too was parents are still struggling with knowing what it's going to mean for them, right? So we have some, um, I think some really good opportunities for families to uh, download some podcasts next week for them to watch some short videos and then we'll also be addressing some of these issues at our regular Wednesday webinar. But some of the topics that we're going to be doing through uh, short videos are about screening. Because one of the things is uh, every child is going to have to screen every morning before they come to school. That health way, screening. Health yes, screening, yes. yes. Um, because we want to make sure that students are not coming to school with COVID symptoms or, and I mean, we never want a child to come to school with a fever because the fever is a really good indication that they're, they're contagious to some, some level with something. Um, but we want to do that screening. Yeah, I, I think it's, but, but, you know, when parents see the form, it's really not that difficult. Oh, no. And it, and it's, it's really something that really just takes a few seconds. And, um, and what's, but what's important is that, the information about the screenings communicated with the school. Exactly. And, and also ultimately it won't just be paper. We'll actually have the ability to just click an app, answer a couple of questions. It'll give you a green or a red screen and that'll take you right in. But with everything else, uh, as with everything else that involves technology at this point in time, um, we're having to work with a tech company to integrate that information before we can get that out to family. So we may start with paper. We'll go over that. We also want to have some very brief videos on masks because there is different mask guidance that people have heard. And we want to get, uh, we want to clear up some of that, um, confusion or maybe what sounds like, but really isn't conflicting information. Um, another thing that I know has come up quite a bit is discipline. 
right? So how, how is my child going to be disciplined if they don't wear a mask? Or So we want to talk a little bit about that. Um, and the PPE, that, that's been a huge issue. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to know about it, whether personal protective equipment, gloves, right. face shields, uh, masks, gowns. When, when is a gown required? When is, when is somebody using, using a gown? So, and do we have enough PPE to get us through the year? Right. Right. Well, and, and what's required versus what else is the district requiring to do almost enhance safety? And, and we'll go over that as well. Um, what to expect on a bus? What, what if a child gets sick at school? You know, because that's something that a lot of families have, have asked about as well. Um, so we'll go over that in, in a video next week. And then um, I think an interesting, another interesting thing is really understanding cohorts because you know, there are multiple types of cohorts. We keep talking about stable cohorts. And so um, helping families understand that and why these precautions are being taken and why school may not be the same. Um, and then ultimately, we may also be able to some level address testing because we've gotten a lot of questions about is the district going to mandate COVID testing? Or are we going to have testing available on campus? Some of those kind of things. So we'll answer those in a brief video as well. Um the other thing that we're going to be having is a series of podcasts, and the podcasts are going to be pretty wide-ranging, too. Uh, we want to have some more conversation about technology and devices and some changes coming to Zoom. Um, we want to be a little bit more explicit about distance learning and what that may look like, um, about how school may be the same or different and um, supplies that parents may want to kind of take a look at, because this year with supplies, it's going to be... We're asking kids not to share, um, and we may, and we're also going to be requesting that uh, families, if they can, send their students with refillable water bottles. But we're going to have those available too. But we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, and then we also want to talk about schedules for in-person learning and what families can expect. Because remember, even if your child is in person, two or three days a week they're going to be distance. So how do those things play together? And then. Um, some additional conversations around health, what happens if someone gets sick at school, and some of the big questions, when might a school close or when might the district close? And uh, again, for for anybody who's been kind of watching, there was a pretty substantial shift between the um, roadmap to resilience that was issued by the state early in, what was that, March, April? I think it was April. Somewhere in there. Yeah. And just a couple of weeks ago, that guidance changed relatively dramatically, and there's now something called a blueprint for a safer economy that gives a little bit more indication of when schools may close or may stay open. That's right. So um, that's a lot of ground to cover. We're going to do that in some really short, uh, I think, some bite-sized visual um, nuggets next week, along with some podcasts. Um, and we also want to make sure if you haven't been visiting that you go to dnusd.org slash family resources. There is a wealth of information. There are videos that you can share with your children, things that you can talk with your kids about. You know, Jeff, I've been um, uh, sending people to that uh, page and it's been the response that I'm getting has been very positive. People are really feeling like they get the right information and it's timely. 
Well, and that's where we're going to post all of this stuff. So it's, you won't have to find where the podcasts, where the videos, anything else are, we're going to post them all there. Um, and then, you know, we're going to continue to push out information. And I think that's going to be critical as we move forward. It's going to be critical that we communicate very clearly with families. Um, if we have COVID cases, suspected COVID cases, uh, contact with COVID cases, and we're going to ask the families to do the same for us. You know, Jeff, I think if you thought about it a year ago, did you think you'd be sitting here today doing a podcast? No, never, never in a million years. I know, but now that it's happening, this has been an important way for us to get the word out. And not only are we doing podcasts, but there are webinars, there are Zoom meetings. Absolutely. I mean, we've had to adapt and find new ways of communicating, but I think that um, I think that these are some ways that we're doing things that 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 will be we're going to we're going to carry deep into the future. Absolutely. And you know what? If we don't have your email, a current email, if we don't have a current phone number, make sure that you get those to us as well. That's going to be really important as we move forward. If we have any sort of emergency communication, phones are going to be critical. Emails, we'll be emailing out uh, information as we continue to move forward. Uh, you can also get information on Facebook. Um, through our app. Uh, have you downloaded the school app, Tom? I'm of course put you, okay. I've downloaded right, the I app. I just want to make sure. I, uh, I get more push notifications <laughs> than anybody. So if you haven't downloaded that app, it's on uh, Google Play or the uh, Apple Play Store. Download that app. You'll, you can subscribe to schools or the district, or you can subscribe to everything and get all those push notifications Tom was talking about. Um, but if I can just kind of finish up today with one request... Our kids are getting ready to come back to school. Um, part of the criteria for us to remain in school is to make sure that our number of COVID cases, um, well, I, I would prefer they remain non-existent, but th that they remain small or contained. Um, we don't want schools to be the source of an outbreak. We don't want our children to come to school compromised. Um, and what we know is that families do travel. They travel for a variety of reasons. They're out of the area for reasons uh, that are specific to them. And we are just asking, we are imploring you that if um, at all possible, that you stay local. Um, if you do have to travel, especially outside of the area, that you consider um, maybe keeping your child at home for a week or two in order to um, assess for any COVID symptoms that may start to show up, um, that you really take this seriously and just know that if your child has a fever, if your child has that kind of worsening cough or difficulty breathing, if there's any of those reasons that your child can't come to school, we're going to understand that this year. There's not going to be the, the I think, the heavy hammer of attendance accountability that maybe you've heard of or felt or, or been aware of in the past. Um, again, education is the purpose of public education, but we can't have quality education if we can't have children on a campus and we can't have children on a campus if we have health issues. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. I think it's, uh, thank you for saying that. I think it's really important. So with that, I think we're kind of at the end of our time, Tom, any final words of wisdom as we move into the weekend and uh, get ready to see our youngest kids back on Monday and prep for 
a larger return on the fifth? Um, I don't have any real words of wisdom, but my just I, I'd like to express my gratitude to our staff um, for working together to put this put this together so it's possible. Oh, absolutely. And, and I just want to thank every parent out there that's contacted us, that's uh, given us ideas, given us support, um, has let us know where the gaps and holes in our system are, along with where the high points and where the successes have been. So we look forward to working together. We look forward to giving you more information. We ask that you go ahead and contact us if you have questions or comments. And uh, we'll hope everybody has a safe weekend. Uh, We've got some beautiful Del Norte weather coming in tonight, hopefully with a little bit of rain. And uh, we'll see everybody on Monday. All right, Jeff. Take care.